1: Of course it does. Good morning. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We are just getting started. We're here with you until at least noon. But at the same time, Dave, do you remember the old adage, it's not how you start, it's how you finish? Yes, I do remember that adage, Brian. Okay, and I hope that you remember last week's show because it wasn't that long ago. No, it wasn't that long ago. It was a week ago, I think. It wasn't. Roughly, Give or take. roughly a week ago, Yes. So last week, I started the show with what a time to be alive as a Minnesota sports fan because, oh my goodness, the winning we're doing. That (laughs) is how the show started. I want to apologize for that start, but I want you all to remember the finish as well. We finished by saying enjoy this time because any seasoned Minnesota sports fan knows it's not going to last. Well, in that one-week period you just mentioned, the Minnesota Wild have won two games. To their credit, they lead their series 2-1. to The Minnesota Timberwolves have won zero games. Yeah, can we can we count close? Because they haven't been that either. Right. <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves should invest in horseshoes because yes. they'd be in good shape. Maybe. First halves they'd still be out. Yeah. But they have won zero games. And the lovely Minnesota Twins, who had two segments of five and two to be ten and four last week at this time, since have won one game. Yep. But I also want you to remember that during the COVID era, how many times did you mention, boy, I would love to return to some sort of form of normalcy? Congratulations, we've done it. We're losing a lot unless you're a big Minnesota Wild fan, and we are.
2: Yeah, we are. Uh, I think that the you know the the Twins are the interesting one right now because the the Wolves aren't interesting at all. My goodness gracious, and now that's coming from a Wolves fan, right? Whew, they're tough to watch right now. Although right. the comeback last night was good, and then they decided that Ant instead of going to the hole needed to hoist up a three while we're while we're coming back. It clanks and it's over.
1: And it clanked. I mean, it clanked like a bad shot in horse, but. Again, if you're going to magnify mistakes by Anthony Edwards, get in line because he's going to be behind a lot of people that haven't shown up in this series. I was going to
2: say, actually, Anthony Edwards would probably be the first one to say I probably should have put that on the, yeah, on the ground. Let's but, just
1: say that Anthony Edwards hasn't been the worst Timberwolf no. in
2: town recently. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or And, and at least he's shown. The, uh, the Twins, it's early. And we were having really good expectations for their their pitching. Right. Well, this week wasn't the greatest week for their well, pitching. Well,
1: truthfully, though, the, the pitching outside of one game where and Maeda really Ada got hurt guy. and then Pagan gonna Pagan yep. got a game out of hand. The pitching hasn't been terrible. I asked you to remember a week ago. Now I want you to remember about a year ago. Yes. We went to Telford Davis's bachelor party, went down to a Twins game, I believe, this weekend last year. I want to say it was tomorrow, a year ago, if you will, the 23rd. Yeah. And we spent the last segment of that show before hightailing it down to Target Field, just berating the Twins' offense. And then they went on a tear and got in first place for about three, four months. Yep. Maybe at some point today we should just berate the Twins' offense again because it's not very good. No,
2: no, it's but it's so weird. If you look at their lineup, it looks like an old Tom Kelly Sunday lineup at times. Right. Where okay, I know the shortstop. That's kind of uh, it. Well, and you, and you know, know the, the third DH, baseman.
1: You know the DH who's supposed to be in center field.
2: Yeah, and you know, and you kind of know the third baseman, and everybody else is just kind of a mosh. I mean, now that Max Kepler and his one hit on the year is back in right field.
1: But my question is Is that going to be a long term problem then? Because we used to say, well, everybody's hurt. Now, outside of Alex Kirloff, I'm not sure who's hurt that they were depending on because yeah, you have Kepler back. who's been bad, you have Buxton who's been pretty bad, you have Joey Gallo who's been very good, you have Miranda. You have Polanco now. You have Correa. You have all these players, Larna included, that were going to be your guys. Vasquez, etc. This is the everyday nine. They've just got to start hitting. And
2: and don't forget, the Wolves have a cat. Twins have a Matt, and Matt's been playing pretty well. Michael A. Taylor. Yes. Like, and it's sad. Oh, when you that say, was a
1: reach, but I liked it. I was like, is he going to bring up Walner? Do I tell him he's not no, with the team again? No,
2: no. They got they got Michael A. Taylor. Who, if you have to say, hey, you know, Michael A. Taylor's been pretty good this year. You've kind of got a understanding where you're at.
1: Well, and that's the crazy part because we opened with the Wild and rightfully so because they're the Minnesota team that is full of positivity right now. They're a team that I would think would win a lot of 3-2 to two games. The Twins, the way they're hitting right now and combined with the way they're pitching, which is good, is set up to have to win a lot of 3-2 to two games. Coincidentally, the score they lost by last night. But you hope the Twins find consistency on the offensive side because mm-hmm. lately what they're doing, because we were celebrating it a week ago, they'll score 10. On a night, the one game that they won in the week that we have been off, if you will, since we took to the air again, they scored a bunch of runs. And then they score one, two, zero, what have you. Wouldn't be surprised if today, for Pablo, who probably doesn't need that kind of run support, they'll put up a big number. You bet. Which would be great. But then, please find some fours and fives and sixes along the way, and don't go back to zeros, ones, and twos for a week. Oh, tell me your dad didn't say that. Save some of those for tomorrow. My dad didn't, but my mom did all the time. They, <laughs> they scored too many; they're not going to be very good the rest yeah. of the series. Dad would,
2: Dad would holler
1: that out. Save some of those for tomorrow. No doubt. But the Twins, again, it's early. You said that it's April, so we don't have to spend too much time right away on them right, today. Right? Because for other sports, and and memo to the Wolves in case they didn't know this, it is
2: playoff time. Yeah, I think that I think that. Uh, I think that- the sad thing about yesterday for the Timberwolves, and it's really if you if you paid attention to the Wild, it was a plus for them, and they fed off it. And the wolves didn't was the crowd, right? The crowd in in Target was ready to blow the roof off the place. The crowd at the X did, and uh, you know if the if the Wolves would have gotten rolling like the Wild did, that place would have been electric. Instead, they just kind of muddled through,
1: right? So let me pose a question to you because I've wondered this basically for about a week. So. You could Denver, have called me. Denver's... Well, and we, didn't, we didn't talk much this week, I, by the way. I understand. Let's let's please not spend the whole first segment of the show catching up the two of us because it's been a different week for us in terms of communication. But if you were confused about something... Well, oh, you, you never text me back anymore, but I digress. That's what Dana said. At any rate, we spent last week celebrating the Timberwolves getting to the playoffs, and rightfully so. Now, Denver is flat out better than the Timberwolves. Yeah. In fact, more so than I think I thought going into this series, and they're showing it. But the question is... Is this Denver is just that good, and they might be down three games to none anyway and playing better than they are? Or is the question this? Did they get into the postseason? Because for that one night a week ago, the Thunder looked like the way the Thunder were supposed to look. And Minnesota can beat them, and that's why they're here.
2: Yeah, no, I th- I really do think that the way they're set up, they're starting five. They should be able to compete. But last night, Brian, their bench was two guys. And, and they did have a third guy out there for a minute or so. Their backup point guard doesn't play anymore at right. all. He's terrible. Well, but he was good last year, so we have to figure out how that happened, right? But when, you, when you're when you a team... I think that, Chris
1: Finch has to do a lot of that. This was good last year. What happened? Do you think Chris Finch is coming back? I don't know.
2: I, th- I think Chris and Cat may want to short-term their lease here.
1: I think if we're going to continue to combo the talk of the Wolves in the wild, Chris Finch's ice is getting thinner and thinner by the game. I,
2: I, I agree because... Their starting five should match. I mean, Jokic is the best player in the NBA. Yeah, right. He's incredible, and and so and it
1: looks so nonchalant. And and
2: so it's one of those times where you just kind of understand that guy's going to get his right. And so let's stop everybody else. And we've, I mean, yesterday in a key moment of the game, the the Nuggets did a great job of moving the ball around, and it ends up in the corner for a three. And Gobert is under the basket, like, oh, I don't want to get embarrassed if I go out and close out on that three. And so the guys, you know, it's like um, Anderson's goofy three-point thing, where if he, he if he doesn't have anybody around him, he's going to score because he doesn't really jump in the air. Well, this guy, he got the ball to, in, in in the corner with nobody and no pressure coming, and of course he hits it to you know stem another uh, run by the Wolves. So right. I mean, those sort of things. I, do, you, do you point at the coach and say, "How come your guys?" aren't closing out on this? I mean, is this
1: where Tibbs comes sure if in he, and they close out? I'm not sure. If, well, in Tibbs' team, all of a sudden yes, looks right? very, very good. I don't know if you blame the coach as much as sometimes you blame the superstars, too, because Jokic is that good, but he's making the players around him better. Is there anybody on the Timberwolves besides Ant that is making other players around him better? And well, you could argue that Ant not, doesn't really do that either because he has to take matters into his own hands.
2: Not this, not last night, for sure. Not this I mean, series, this I don't series. think. I mean, even Conley is, you know, five assists, five assists, five assists, and I'm moving a ball. And, um, you know, and, and you said it way back. You said that we can't think Gobert is Embiid. And, you know, all season long, we've tried to kind of do that. And now that Cat's right. back, I think there's still some confusion. And I yeah. I just don't know. They don't look in Denver's league. So it's not that they're they not. They don't. It and, looks
1: like a 1-8. And I think going in, people didn't think it would be because individually, the Timberwolves have some good players.
2: Yeah, and, and I just think that that. I think it should be a surprise to Lori and A-Rod, and I don't think they're going to sit still for this. That's why I wonder if this is
1: cats, swans. It's either cats or finch or both. The only animal left will be ant, if you will. (laughs) So the Timberwolves are are in a tough spot without a doubt. I saw a funny tweet yesterday about 20 minutes after the game ended that the Timberwolves had a whiteout, and somebody said, how dare you wear white to a funeral? They asked us to do it again on Sunday. That's just not good. Right. So this won't be talked about for the Timberwolves. It might be their funeral Sunday. Our sponsors kept this show from being a funeral years ago.
2: Absolutely. Let's start with the OG. Aurora Architecture Studio. Hoops Brewing. OAR Holdings. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing. Justin May at Messina & Associates. Avenue 45. The Blackwoods Group. Mount Royal Bottle Shop. Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. The Incline Station. Famous Dave's. The Construct Tomorrow event. Tuesday night, this or Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, Brian. From four thirty to six thirty, down at the deck, uh, and our newest sponsor, uh, Kraus Heating and Cooling, again family owned since nineteen. The carrier of carrier. They are the carrier of carrier. The HVAC equipment, uh, the number one brand, man. I mean, it's the Kent Herbeck brand. When you watch Twins games, absolutely.
1: Right? Somebody sees the commercials, uh,
2: and so for all your heating and cooling needs, give Kraus a call.
1: I did that not too long ago, got a new furnace put in. It's working wonderfully. Unfortunately, it's working too often because, hey, congratulations, our sports teams might not be winning, but, man, the Duluth weather team is snow records. We got it. We got it. We we are the champions. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. Oh, wait. Did Replace just, the word win with snow. Wait a minute. Did we
2: just kind of gender ourselves? When we think champion, we went to an entirely he, different song. You
1: went to queen right away, and I, I tried to I tried to stay with our younger audience. I have About no it. idea what our target demo might be. <laughs> But All I know no. is I'm 44, and you're 55, and, and our wives will say when they get together, they act 12.
2: Yeah, well, and then we throw pit in there, and it's closer oh, to Oh, God, nine. then I can see how I was right. going to say. Then he brings the age down. But the um, I'll tell you this. This has been a, a really wonky winter, Yeah, uh, and if we have to deal with it, at least let's win something with it. And being in first place, at least we can look back and say, that was awful, but— That was the snowiest winter ever.
1: And because it's the snowiest, we likely will talk about it for years to come. If it was just really snowy, it would probably get disregarded. Yes. Believe it or not, that segues into our opening topic today because it is playoff time for the Wolves and the Wild. The Wolves don't get too comfortable, we don't think, but we'll see if they can make some sort of historic comeback because that will certainly make it a talker. But what we wanted to talk about today is who are the players or moments or both in Minnesota playoff history for the franchises that if not for that playoff moment, you wouldn't talk about him at all. So to tell you who we're not looking for, this isn't going to be talk about Kirby Puckett's game six. Kirby Puckett is the twins. I'm sorry. I mean, I love Harmon Killebrew. I love Rod Carew, Tony Oliva, et cetera, but it's not like without game six in 91, Kirby Puckett is an afterthought. But speaking of afterthoughts, it was only about 15 minutes after the show last Saturday where you and I were able to drum up this topic because we talked about, remember this guy, remember this guy, remember this guy, which if you think back five plus years for this show, remember this guy's kind of been the mantra for this show.
2: Yeah, we're starting to get to the point where the guys we're trying to remember were actually active at the beginning right. of our show. Right,
1: or friends with us now, which is kind of fun.
2: <laughs> Don't say that to them, though. They'll be like, wait a minute, you're telling you you're telling me that I don't matter
1: anymore? So should I be nervous that you're looking at your phone or are you trying to catch up on, on notes you wrote yourself for this topic?
2: Yeah, no, a little bit of both. I was just um, going back to that 2004 Timberwolves team and looking at some of the names to remind myself of that playoff uh,
1: playoff run. All right, so since you jarred your memory with that, do you want to start there? Although you're cheating. This is supposed to be top of well, mind no, type but stuff.
2: No, that's the one I couldn't, I couldn't remember the shooting guard. The shooting guard was Trenton, Trenton Hassel. Hassel. Yeah, and so Hassel being uh, one of those guys that – if you remember right, we imported uh, two guys to help Garnett get to where he wanted to get. But yep. it, it always seemed to be Hassel, the one that was, was knocking down key stuff. Maybe not at the end of the fourth quarter, but he was the one getting you to the fourth corner without you know being too far behind.
1: Right. And I think the big thing with Trenton Hassel is it also helps when a superstar of a team keeps deflecting credit to you. Yeah, And when the Wolves were good, offensively it was MV3. It was Garnett with Cassell and Spreewell. And you had, you know, flashes of other years with Troy Hudson in there, you know, different scores that were helping people out. But Kevin Garnett often talked about, we're not beating this team or this team or this team without the defensive ability of a Trenton Hassel. Just like the Timberwolves wish they had with Jaden McDaniels right now, but punching walls be damned, he's not available. But Trenton Hassel only got some headlines because Kevin Garnett said, you really need to take a look at this kid after that. You had to Google who was the shooting
2: guard on that team. Yeah, 100%. So I think that one of the the tough things with the Timberwolves is there are eras of teams that got pretty close, and you remember some of those guys because, you know, how hard they had to work to get there. Right. Even though they weren't really all that good, the Rubio teams, the – Kevin Love teams the the most recent iterations,
1: even the Jimmy Butler group.
2: Yeah, it, but if you think about Taj Gibson, I yeah, mean, he's the he's one. The he's one of the guys that comes to mind as you will made one of the
1: biggest plays to get them there. Well, you're gonna and you're gonna forget he was a Timberwolf,
2: except for that play, right? It's that playoff play that keeps him in mind.
1: Well, and I have to give a caveat when we say you're going to forget, we're talking to the masses because yes. the two nerds in this studio don't forget, which is right. why we're addressing this topic. Right. So we're hoping that we're having fun jarring your memories today. The other thing with memories with playoffs in Minnesota, let's be honest, it doesn't have to be playoff positivity because there hasn't been a ton of it.
2: Absolutely. I was thinking that. We have as many no-shows as we have guys who jumped up.
1: Well, and I'm not even saying, hey, here's a guy who didn't show up in the playoffs. I'm talking about guys you had to talk about because somebody else wasn't available because I'll go right back to that Timberwolves team. That was NBA Finals bound and maybe going to win it until Sam Cassell gets hurt. Sam Cassell had that team marching to a different drum, if you will, and doing it very well. Exactly. Somebody who's won before. Then he got hurt. And the guy I'm going to point out, we had to turn to something called Derek Martin for huge minutes for the bulk of those series. So Derek Martin is only talked about in Minnesota sports lore because it's, oh, yeah, that's the guy that had to play in the playoffs. And what if we didn't need him?
2: Yeah. and, And, you know, there's that's such a huge one. But if you think about that Timberwolves team, they also had, you know, the black hole in the middle. You know, we're going to run all, Oliver Miller out there. Oh, that too. You know, you, ha- you had all these different guys that you tried to throw. And I don't know how long the Timberwolves have tried to throw in bodies at the center position. You know, and, and if you think of those playoff teams that, that we had, the center position was always a position of difficulty.
1: Well, and how about the power forward position when you weren't using Garnett? Yeah. Not just the 0 team. But you brought up Terry Porter last week. Obviously he was a point guard completely different. But I think about who some of the forwards were on those teams.
2: Gary Trent. They
1: had Gary Trent. They had Lafonso Ellis. They had Tom Hammond. You know, all these all these former Denver Nuggets actually.
2: Mike Madsen. Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen, Excuse yes.
1: Me. All he did was try to better our draft position with three pointers well, at the end of and, a season and too. Let's be
2: honest, he was a pretty good dancer.
1: He was. He was. For Dave <laughs> Cook and I, he's got the moves. I'm the only one in a huge dance family that can barely move his feet. I got the short end of the stick on that uh,
2: one. Oh yeah. You know who else was on that on that team, who played forward, who we all hoped really, uh really would excel was Quincy Lewis. And now Oh yeah. You know, between Quincy and Lynch. He excelled we,
1: for the Utah Jazz.
2: Yeah, Between Quincy and Lynch, we have two pretty good Minnesota Gophers who we really hoped would play in the
1: bigs for a while. Absolutely. So the Timberwolves, it's a little bit more abbreviated because their playoff history, other it's than the seven straight one and Duns, there isn't much. The Wild, the headline guy is Richard Park. It is. Now, everybody talks about him because of one goal, and it led to the other historical goal in the same series by Andrew Brunette. Andrew Brunette has the big moment. But well, we've talked about this. You don't get there without the previous moment. Richard Park wins it in overtime in game six to four, seven. We know how it ended. How many guys have we had in the wild history
2: that is Richard Sorry Park? Sorry to keep you awake today. That is Richard Park, right? I mean, the the underdog, short guy, fast, um, more of a four-checker, power kill or penalty kill guy um, who has a moment. But the moment, the biggest moment is that guy. Richard Park's moment is is... Huge, and, and I'm trying to think of the second one. Is it brisgoloff coming off the bench?
1: It probably is. I think he only had to make collectively one save, but it probably is. Or it's the goal by Rider against the Avalanche years later yeah. was set up by the combination of Heatley and Brodziak, who combined didn't do a lot for that team.
2: You remember when we cut Brodziak, we were like, yes, and then he went on to be one of those guys that was in the playoffs all the time. And and Heatley, dang it, we got he was... Like the key to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago right. about guys we got too. It was actually late. last
1: week. Guys that came too late. Yep.
2: Um, but yeah, and and someday in the in the future, I think that Needwriter is only gonna be remembered at my house. Yeah. You're like Dana's favorite Dana's player. Favorite Everybody still. else, we're going to talk about Niederreiter and people are going to go, oh, that's right. He was the guy that underachieved for the whole time he was. And a, that's just it. That's he's still while.
1: he's still a thing, so he doesn't qualify yet. But if we visited this topic in five years, I think you're right.
2: Yep. I, and I think that there's guys on those projects, a great example of players that because uh, they were only remembered for a moment in a playoff, maybe they were a second assist on a big goal. Um, you know, Cliff Ronning was a little bit like that in the early days. Cliff you,
1: Ronning was like Owen Nolan. We should have brought him up a week ago of someone that we got, but we got too late.
2: Yeah, and but he made a couple of nice plays in the playoffs, so we talk about him, right? Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't even bring him up ever. Um, You know, the guy that no-showed in the playoffs was Vanek. You yeah. know, again, my I favorite hockey Most player. of the
1: entire season. Right, though. but I believe
2: it was a playoff game when he stood at the bench instead of back-checking, right. and, and they got him on TV doing it. So the Wild are interesting because they are a team of overachievers, always. And so it's tough to pick a guy out when the entire team is is that player, right? PMB was was a a nice player and had a couple of nice moments. Uh, Granlund. You know, I think Granlin's going to be another guy that was a could-have-been. But now you're
1: morphing it into guys that had decent seasons. We're just talking, if not for the postseason, you don't talk about him at all.
2: No, no, I got you. But Granlin's going to be a guy who we always go, oh, could-have-been. But the thing we'll remember him for is one playoff moment. Or the YouTube video
1: where he made the amazing Michigan-type goal. Two playoff moments. And everybody said, we got to get this guy. And we did. And we went, what did we get? Two moments. Only one of them with us. The other in the Olympics. Well, I want to switch to the Twins because I've hummed and hot over this one because to me... He was always a big deal, but he was a big deal when Kent Herbeck couldn't play. But at the same time, mm-hmm. he didn't have a lot of big moments. Do you talk about Gene Larkin at all, no. if not for one swing in game seven and 91? Never. He won the thing and did nothing else. Right. He could barely move. He, he was not our Kirk Gibson in the sense that he wasn't the MVP. He didn't hit it over the wall. But in terms of going to the plate and going, if I hit it, I can't run. Gene Larkin was in that same situation.
2: Yeah, he did one thing and one thing well, and that was swing the bat. But he had he had no other real major league baseball staying skills. But he, you know, swinging the bat's a big deal, right. And in the biggest situation where a strikeout ends, you know, because now you got two outs and your guy on third, uh, he came through with what you had to come through. But, but I think Randy Bush is the same thing from five years before that, right? Randy Bush came through in in key moments, and uh, we would not have remembered him at all.
1: I want to go back to the Timberwolves because a listener does. I got a text, and this is okay. Now, I wouldn't qualify it here necessarily because, to me, he qualifies in a different category. He was the first legitimate proven player from another team that came to the Timberwolves, and we got him and said, I think we can contend now. But he might be remembered as kind of the figurehead of the first team to make the playoffs for the Timberwolves. Tom Gugliotta.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Bringing Googles googly Oogly Oogly. Bringing Googs in was was a big deal. But you just made a point. How how much do we remember these guys without Kevin Harlan? Uh, but he was going to be the third guy.
1: And again, when we say we, we mean everybody else. Because how much <laughs> do we? Too much. Uh, Welcome
2: to the Northland Sports Page. You know, he was supposed to come in, come in as the as the third guy. I was wondering where I. My first thought was, oh, Joe Smith. But Joe Smith came in, and uh, he's remembered
1: for keeping us out of the playoffs years later,
2: for forever. Yes. Um, it's interesting how Minnesota sports teams just get hammered by rules, then they get overturned. Like, we're still suffering the Parisian Souter rule. Or the fact that the NFL anymore. overtime
1: is different after Farvin and company got yeah, robbed in New Orleans. Yeah, that
2: is interesting. That, that, that Is it interesting?
1: Happen. That's the nicest way I've heard that said well, before. But,
2: but here's the thing. You want to know about something that we would forget unless it was in the playoffs. It's probably all of those things.
1: Um, what about a guy, we were on the Twins before the Googs yeah, text game? Yep, yep, what yep, about yep. a guy like Scott Lais? hit a huge home run in Game 2. Played shortstop late in Game Seven because they made so many defensive changes. I think he's remembered because you're remembered for not having a third baseman in '91. You didn't have Gaetti like you had in '87. Correct. Correct. You had Leis and PaliRulo platooning, but PaliRulo was the more proven name. Why? Because he came over from New York.
2: Hundred percent.
1: He wasn't why. that much of a proven name, but you go to New York and suddenly you are. Ask Aaron Hicks. But at the same time, Scott Leis played a bigger role than people think.
2: Yeah. No, he was a glue guy. Right, and that's kind of and. But what about Al Newman? You know, Newman was kind of the same. I mean, but he, he was, was so
1: relatable; everybody talked about him. Yeah, but he I he was think Kirby that, Buckets guy. I think over
2: time we won't. I mean, I think over time he gets lost in history with See, all some I playoff stuff. And I think that stuff. depends
1: on where your sports pedigree goes. Because I think over time we talked about him more because you and I were Northwoods leaguers. Yeah. Who was coaching all over the Northwoods League? Yeah, and chatting with us every time. That's true. Al Newman. Now I mentioned '91 and compared it to '87. You have to go back to '87 to start the Twins talk. Really, I started with Larkin. Should have started with Don Baylor. He has one home run as a twin. Yeah, He gives them the lead, or did he tie it? I can't remember which. I believe he gave them the lead or tied the game. I think it was 5-3, and he may have tied it at 5. Don Baylor hit maybe the biggest home run of that World Series. We think of 91, and we think of Game 6. 87's Game 6 had a huge one. It was Don Baylor. He did not hit the ball over the wall another time as a twin
2: he might be the first guy that i remember that that a minnesota team brought in specifically on in you know sid hartman would say it specifically for leadership like he was a the guy that they were bringing in to help the clubhouse and to instill that confidence right. and all that and stuff and get hit and, by a pitch cuz yeah, nobody did it better and, and and he did a lot of that but an, another guy that came back at the the other world series what about joe negro and and needing joe to, to pitch in a, in a key game in the
1: world series just get through some stuff well, and I would go the other direction because we bring this up all the time as an answer to a trivia question because he is. That game six where Baylor-Homert. Who started? Who did start that? Les Straker, game? Uh-huh. who would be known for almost nothing else as a Minnesota Twin. You
2: remember then we were like, okay, so if these other guys are gone, we still have Straker. Right. And it was like, yeah, that's the beginning of the problem, isn't it? But, I mean, here's a, here's a legit question. Scott Erickson had a good year. A yeah. good year. But yeah. without his run in the playoffs of being so scrappy with his arm hanging on by a thread, um, would we talk about Scott Erickson as as fondly?
1: I don't know. He was kind of the sex symbol of the 91 team, if you yeah, remember. But that and w- he was a 20-game winner. Yes, he was a 20, and he won 12 straight. He would be a flash in the pan kind of thing. Would we
2: talk about him as much, as fondly, had he not had that run?
1: Here's the thing. I think you can simplify it by saying he has that run, he has that season, but let's say they lose the ninety one series, is he talked about because the guys on the ninety one team become legacy guys because it's a championship. Yep. If they're runners up like the sixty five team is, do you talk about them the same way?
2: Right. And it's kind of the Joe Nathan thing. You know, Joe Nathan's a heck of a heck of a ball player. But he's on that group that him. had
1: no postseason success except for one series against right. Oakland, which he wasn't part of because the closer then was Eddie Guardado. Yep. A lot of, but it was that group later.
2: A lot of a lot of bullpen guys falling. I mean, big train Willis. Carl Willis came Carl the Willis. Situ- Situations.
1: Keith where, Atherton,
2: yeah, um, and who was the the
1: Beringer Boogie, Steve Bedrosian, all those guys.
2: Schatzinger, right? Dan Schatzinger, yeah. And he, they traded for him. George Fraser. They traded oh, and George Frazier. There's a guy that uh, was a complete failure as a starter. Terry who Leach. went to the bullpen. Yeah, Leach was a a guy you never see anymore. He was the submariner. You know that they had the one thing Tom Kelly did was build a bullpen that each guy looked different. That's I was going to sure. say the
1: one thing that Tom Kelly does much better than Rocco Baldelli. Both have good bullpen weapons at their disposal. Tom Kelly, at least for now, seemed to manage his much better than Rocco Baldelli does. Uh, Two minutes to go to the Vikes, which probably isn't enough time, but again, playoff positivity is hard to come by. In fact, I'm going to start on the negative and say, is it entirely fair? Because I'm going to go to the kicker position because we all say Gary has the main problem with the 98 season. Gary should be remembered for a lot of great things as a kicker. But he's not because of playoff failure, and that's why he still talked about. Blair Walsh, same thing. As a rookie, was unbelievable. Yep. Instead, it's the big shank in the ice cold from 27 yards out. Negative memories stick better in Minnesota because that's what we do. We do. But is it fair?
2: No, of course not. But, I mean, it is. They, they don't lose in the first round a lot. <laughs> you know, when they lose in the first round, we can say, ah, well, like this year's team, I think at some point we're going to say, well, that was a fun run. Kirk We're going to say that was a great some,
1: season because we won a lot of one yeah. possession games and Green Bay stunk all year. And then we washed
2: out. <laughs> right. But, but the big games we talk about are games to get into the Super Bowl. Right. right? You know, that phil the Philadelphia game we don't talk about much. That was a tough one because that team seemed to have the horseshoe.
1: What about Ben Lieber, who I believe will be here in town this Friday? He's a very known media personality now. Do we talk about him, if not for phantom pass interference in New Orleans?
2: No, and Case Keenum's the same thing. Right. We don't talk about Case Keenum. We talk about the, the receiving
1: end of the miracle because Diggs was a star. Keenum was not he, one play, but he was one good season, and people wanted to keep him forever. Yeah. P.S. He hasn't found a real job since. We would we would be talking about
2: Case Keenum as the ultimate flash in the pan. Um, this is why you don't want quarterbacks would like our him, trend him and had Heineke. They won. Him yep. and Heineke, and we'd have had him in that big bucket of guys that – we're too short. Didn't have enough arm strength. Came from a weird college offense. You know all of that. Yep. Um, but except for except for one pass. Right. And you know a guy that that you and I like a lot more than I think many people even remember. You're gonna bring up
1: Jeff George again. I am. I'm.
2: I'm not. I'm gonna bring up Anthony Carter. Like the biggest reason we talk about Anthony Carter isn't his ball, his his entire work. It's the New Orleans game. It's okay. the San
1: Francisco game. I don't know if you noticed how big my eyes got when you said that because I was going to end the segment by saying. <laughs> I'm going to bring up one that's probably going to anger you because I know how much you loved AC and so did I. I. And we know how good he was and we know what the numbers say. But all of that said, are you legitimately talking about him on the same level if he doesn't go bonkers in one of the greatest football upsets of all time in the playoffs?
2: Do you want to know an example of the opposite side is Darren Nelson? If Darren Nelson catches that football, he is a historical Viking. We talk about him forever. But because the ball hit him between the two and the zero... Darren Nelson isn't even mentioned anymore.
1: Absolutely, and he was an analyst for Viking Radio Broadcast way back when, and he had one phrase that he used way too often, and my dad always used to impersonate it. And the funny thing is, if he doesn't drop that ball, people would have used it about him. You know what the phrase was? Mm. Who cares? (laughs) That's exactly what people thought about Darren Nelson until one bad drop. But it is playoff time, and the Wild have a lead in the playoffs. Let's stay focused on that. We're going to focus on Dave Hoops when we come back. We are the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We're just getting started. Oh, one of my favorites, Musical Tribute to Prince, continues today. The first song that you heard, Good Times Roll, is our opener every week. That'll be the only song today, not by Prince. Of course, yesterday marked seven years since Minnesota and basically all the world lost a musical legend. So you're going to hear all kinds of Prince songs today. Dave Cook, that one had a purpose. This is Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Northland Sports Page. We said, what are we going to intro Dave Hoops with? And it was an easy choice. He said, well, the daughter's in Paris. Who doesn't wear a beret out there?
2: Yeah, that's that's correct. That is so cliche that it had to be played, right?
1: So cliche, it's perfect. Cliches are cliches for a reason, right?
2: Absolutely, yes, they are.
1: They are, and our sponsors are here for a reason, and we love whatever reason they choose to be on board with us. Let's pay homage to all of them before we talk to one of our favorites.
2: Let's start with Cross Heating and Cooling. You know, this again, once again, is your carrier. Carrier, I like that, Brian. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. Family-owned and operated since 1982. If you have a heating and cooling need, reach out to Kraus. Also, uh, the 218 Trades Construct Tomorrow event on Tuesday night. If you're, if you or your family or your friends who are interested in the in the construction trades as a, as a career choice, uh, in the evening on the 26th, that's Wednesday from four to six, you can or four thirty to six, you can head on over to the deck, free parking or whatever, and actually get to put your hands on some of the different equipment and see if it's something that you are interested in. The incline station, famous Dave's, Stewart's bites, bike sports trophies, um, and yeah, I want you to notice that I I do have. On the other side of the bag I just showed you is a Kohler bag. Aaron and I went ran around Kohler a little bit the other day. I was
1: curious because you reached over to pick something up and then didn't quite pick it up, put it back down, and said, I want you to notice. And I said, what, that your dexterity is lacking? Yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed <laughs> to look exactly at. Right.
2: Aaron and I spent some time at Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai the other day, and, and they're starting to get more and more cars. If you're looking at, at a used vehicle or a new vehicle, the lot's finally starting to fill back up. Montreal Royal Bottle Shop, the Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, the original sponsor, Arola Architecture Studio, and Hoops Brewing. And we should talk to Dave right now.
1: Absolutely, we will do that. Hoops Brewing, such a wonderful place. It's where I spent the bulk of my last Saturday after the show as the cribbage tournament was loud and proud there. Good crowd, good atmosphere, good everything. That's the story of Hoops Brewing. And, of course, the man behind it all is Dave Hoops. We love talking to him each week. Dave Hoops, good morning again, sir. How are you, my friend?
3: Uh, Good morning, guys. I'm good and um, enjoying your conversation this morning. I was really quite happy last night. The place was packed with the Mentor Duluth thing, but we had all three teams playing. And of course, the twins crashed late, but and the Wolves are the Wolves, but still, it was uh, was great to have that going on, and I just love that all our local teams are in the playoffs right now, and hopefully the wild will keep it going.
1: It does make for, sure. for a fun day of the week almost every day. Thursday seemed weird when the Twins lost in the afternoon and come the evening, there was actually nothing to watch. Of course, last night you had all three. Today, you just have the Twins, and it'll be a relatively calm evening again, but it is fun when, you know, whether it's your radio dial or your TV remote basically has fumes by the end. Of course, your place is the place to be with multiple screens and being able to take it all in. But I liked your synopsis, and it, it's very Minnesota of you, and Dave will attest to. Brian loves to use Minnesota as an adjective. I do it almost weekly. But it's very Minnesota of you that we only got one out of three last night, but that allows us to be so smiley today. Hey, how about the Wild? We, we <laughs> yeah. focus on the right thing all the time. But let's do that because the Wild, they're playing well. This is a fun series. There's there's some blood boiling. I won't call it bad blood, although it could be. Getting but close. But, you know, the the Suitor versus Dumba, you know, in between the two crowds is kind of entertaining right
3: now. I would agree. And of course I, I have um, zero um, like for anybody in Dallas, except for a guy named Pavs and Dumbo wreck that um, and Suter. Oh man, somebody needs to, well, I, I don't want to get violent, but I am really unhappy with him, but what a game last night. And the, the crowd yeah. right? that was, and Dave mentioned that earlier. It was, I could hear it through the TV, feel it through the tv it was impressive
2: yeah that was yeah. one of those uh events that you know i'm not as you know dave i'm not a gigantic crowds guy but that was an event i would have loved to have been at my brother-in-law was there he had the uh, camera out and he uh he decided he wanted to take some video to a either include me in the spot or b say you know where are you you missed this
3: yeah for sure and you know i i amused myself but i can see my seat for the high school tournament, you know, clearly on the TV, because it's right on, a, on an aisle and a, on a, on a face off circle. So I was thinking to myself, why would it be great to be in my seat? And I was just fantasizing, but also I did think the twins were going to win. I, I'm not going to lie. There. I did so too. I know you guys are talking about the five of six losses, but today you're right. They'll probably go big today when they don't need to, but a win's a win. Hopefully. Right. They right. need
1: one to quote my partner, Dave cook. They need a win. Like they need to breathe. I mean, you're still in first place and 11 and nine isn't bad. But when you came from 10-4, and and 11-9 looks pretty bad. I want to talk to you a little bit about the rest of the NHL playoffs because you're such a big pro hockey fan as it is. There's a lot of good series taking place. The underdogs, and maybe the air quotes are needed, teams like the Jets, the Kraken, etc. are putting up good fights. Even the Panthers stole one against Boston, but we'll see how long that can continue because Boston regained the lead last night. But the playoffs so far, if you're a hockey guy, been pretty good.
3: I couldn't agree more. And don't forget, we always do this every year. It's like the NCAA tournament for basketball. You know, the first round we're all amazed that there's these wins and it's exciting and it, it's super fun. And you know, the Avs are going to win. The Oilers are going to win their series in my opinion, but um, I'm a See, huge I disagree with you on fans.
1: the Oilers, but go ahead.
3: Well, that's okay. You, you're welcome to, but um, I, I, I think the Oilers are going to make the finals. So, you know, you there you go. But um I'm a huge Hurricanes fan and now Bernsey's looking like a guy who maybe will get what he deserves, but the East is so hard. And um I still wanna see Toronto make some noise. And what about the Rangers? That's a fun and unexpected beginning to that. So I agree with you. Um uh, the Jets is that's pretty. Vegas isn't gonna lose, I don't think, but we'll see, right?
1: It's interesting that way because I want the Kraken to win. I don't think I want Vegas to win, but it's interesting because as a Minnesota Wild fan, I watched an expansion team pay their dues for a few years. You hadn't had to watch that with Vegas, certainly, and it seems like Seattle's gotten good very quickly. Speaking of getting good, I don't know why. I actually texted a buddy of mine this last night because the Oilers lost late to the Kings in overtime and one of the longest reviews I've ever seen, and it was very controversial in my opinion. And I don't know why I feel this way because, Dave Hoops, I know I told you I disagree on the Oilers, But I think mainly it's because I want to. And I don't know why. There's no rivalry between Minnesota and Edmonton that I'm aware of. And I don't know if it's because they got gifted the number one pick so many consecutive times that they have just this star-studded roster with McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and all these weapons. But for some reason, when Edmonton loses, I just giggle. I enjoy it. And I don't know why.
2: Gosh, that's tough because I'll tell you, the the one team besides the Wild who I wanted to go here. For you,
1: that'd be Winnipeg.
2: No, I've, I've been Ah, he so changes his sens- tune. You're no, like Dave Hoops. No, you have a sixth favorite team, a seventh no, favorite no. team? Well, that's probably true. But actually, the reason, Brian, that I've really been hoping to hear Edmonton more and more because I listen to them on the radio because they're, okay. they're broadcaster. Okay. Their broadcaster broadcast breathless the whole night because they score soft. I can relate to it's that. Like, oh, my gosh. mcdavid has got the puck. It's like, dude, you, you got to get a person that can say does, other things. Does hard. Dana
1: ever wake up in the middle of the night and go, what are you listening to, Dana, Mr. After Hours? Dana,
2: Dana works nights. I've got no idea what she wakes up and says because she's not there. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be listening to any of it. But the um, uh, Dave, I wanted to ask you about this Islanders series where uh, it is more than a little contentious. I mean, of all those series, that's the one that feels like an NHL playoff. Uh, the Wild uh, series does too. But what do you think? Of, it's Carolina and the Islanders. What do you think?
3: I love it. Um, you know, and I, I, like the fact that their two best players are Minnesota boys. I'd Islanders, you know, from war and from Edina. Um, uh, it's a nice storyline. And again, Burnsy is looking like an all-star out there and, um, you know, it's, they've got a pretty bad injury. I can't pronounce his name, the Russian, uh, the Carolina does, but I, I really think that that's going to, I picked it a six game series. Um, but it's a bit more physical than I expected. Um, and I've, I'm glued to that series, honestly. Right. And it's kind of funny that you said that because I just found out I'm going to have to go to Vegas next year in the playoffs to uh, judge a beer. Well, I I don't really love going to Vegas, but I have to go well, judge need, the world. If you need beer representatives
1: Club. of the brewery, give me a shell, will you? You need a wingman.
3: Right. I well. Well, anyway, I'm going to be there, and I haven't been to the stadium. One thing I've heard over and over is that they just give quite the show. So I'm going to be in the playoffs next year in Vegas to see that team play if they make it. Well, I
1: remember what and, Tim Madsen, yeah. formerly of Saint Scholastica, raved about: "You haven't lived till you've been to an NHL game and seen the lineups at T-Mobile in Vegas."
2: Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now, and it may not be a popular pick. After a few years, the worst uniforms in sport all sport Ooh, is the nice. is the knights in vegas Those it is pretty ugly awful the rust color awful, it awful, is pretty bad awful. all right that's my that's my vegas take worst uniforms i've ever seen wow all
1: right dave hoops so you said you think edmonton's gonna make the finals who's gonna join them what about the east because they have so many good teams
3: Uh, It's going to be Carolina against Edmonton in the finals. And that's um, just like, guys, I I shouldn't say this, but this happened again. I've got, I don't know, 40 guys in my pool or whatever. Nobody picked Carolina to win at all except me. Sound familiar?
1: It does. (laughs) Circa UConn. It does sound very familiar as you cash your checks, right? It's
2: it's convenient, Dave. It's like like me. I, I choose a team that if they win, I'm happy. And if they lose, I was right. And so in your case... If they win, you're happy, and if they lose, you say, hey, I was the only one that did it.
1: But the difference between the two of you, but the difference between the two Daves is Dave Hoops picks a bracket at the beginning and sticks with it. Dave Cook picks one during the week, and then they lose, and the following week he goes on and champions a different team. Somebody else. Right. right. I see how that works, but one thing Dave Cook is great at is coming up with legendary questions for Dave Hoops and myself. Today's version begins now.
2: Yeah, I've got three of them today, guys. Um, And the first one kind of just dovetails into what we're talking about. Now the wild got smoked the other day, seven to three, to even up the series, and they came back and and as we know, they won. But I I want to know what your guys' thought were on this win. What was the biggest difference? Was it Zuccarello finally showing that he had a pulse? Was it Foligno also showing that he had a pulse in, in a leadership role? Was it the arena? What do you think? The and it could be anything else off that. That was just three ideas. Is there anything that really points to that truly dominating win last night?
3: Well, I mentioned the, sorry, I'm going first. I apologize. No, I was um, going to give it to you. Anyway, go
1: ahead. I, I paused for a reason. My guest goes first. Go ahead. All right.
3: Well, I mentioned the crowd and, you know, and that matters. Um, number two, we all know I'm always whining about the Sharks never one. I mean, we've gotten almost 50 years of hockey, professional hockey in Minnesota, no cups, um, the fans are rabid, and they're long-suffering, just like Vikings fans. Um, you know, you need gusts in the play. Uh, you know, I love the flower just fine, but I didn't like that pick the other night at all. And um, I really like that goal. The second goal, it was so pretty. The Johansson goal, made, yeah, that was something. Yeah. It just made me feel like it was the, the wild night. Um, so all those factors together. And plus, it just the confidence level. Yeah. It, was, it was palatable. You could see it out there.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with all of that. I'm also going to take a little bit more of a tangible idea, and I think it was the penalty kill. Because if you look at game one, even though the Wild won it, a couple of goals for Dallas literally in seconds on the power play. And I think in game two, we just thought, well, their power play is scary. This is going to be a bad situation. And obviously you want to stay out of the box all the time. But Dallas on the power play seemed like, well, add one to their total and let's move on. Last night, Eric Eck gets hurt in the first shift. You know, they get penalized early. They kill it off. When they had leads, they killed off big penalties. I thought the special teams were huge. But you're right. Between Johansson and Nyquist, what have you, never underestimate a trade deadline again. Everything Bill Guerin has touched has turned to gold so far in this series. So I don't know if you can pinpoint that just to last night, but the general manager might be the difference right now, guys.
2: That was what I was going to say. I was going to say, look at all the trade and, and Klingberg last night. Along with him, how about that combination of him and and
1: Brock? Brock Faber looks legit. I mean, but he makes Klingberg look like he can play loose. It's fun to see him playing in something for a championship and looking good at it. It is rather impressive. Go ahead. All right. Question two. Uh,
2: last night, Dana and I went and saw Dungeons and Dragons. The movie was. That, tell me about a movie, guys, that that maybe you went to or it could be a TV show that you were excited for and you walked away and it was not. Let's just say you weren't excited when you walked away. Maybe you were confused or wondering why you spent the money.
1: All right, Dave Hoops, before you go first, and you're going to, this is the first time, although he didn't tell me, on the ride here, I didn't realize that Dave Cook was enlightening me to one of the questions today because this came up in the car, but go ahead.
3: Okay, um, major Keanu Reeves fan. Um, John Wick, obviously, um, re- resurrected after the matrix, his career in a, in a good way. And from everything I read, the guy is a real, um, great person. Um, there's a lot there for me to unpack because of the storyline of that movie. We all know why he's going crazy and stuff. Movie three disappointed me greatly. Yeah, yeah, John Wick three. One. And I was disappointed and I'm not going to bag him or the, or the franchise, but that let me down. There's
1: my answer. Okay. I like that because Dave Hoops brought up the movie three. And for me, almost all of my options, I may have three of them end in two because a lot of sequels. So we could do a segment on this sometime too. A lot of sequels just simply pale in comparison to the original. I loved major league sports movies, comedies. You combine the two. I'm in major league two. Not so much. Now major league three is awful. <laughs> I'm not even going to put that in the same area yeah. code, but major league two left me disappointed. Anchorman as a slapstick guy who worked in a newsroom for seven years. Anchorman, the original, fantastic. Anchorman 2, what the hell did I just watch?
2: Yeah, why did we put that one on?
1: So I'm going to stick with those two. There's probably more, but the moral of my story, even, you know, I could go to a musical. I was supposed to go to a musical today. My plans changed. I love the movie Grease. Grease 2? What the hell are we doing? Yeah. So no. everything that ends in two, those are mine.
2: No, I see They brought up because as a guy who played D&D for a long time and now my kids do and the, and the son-in-law does and the whole thing, um, D&D is a role-playing game, right? Things change based on the roll of the dice. And last night's movie, well, there was just too much continuity. That's not that's not how the game is played. So that was tough. All right, you got one more, right? Also, Rocky Five. Rocky Five was yes. was tough. Yep, my last one, and my last one's a little pr- prickly, okay? Okay. All right, so we talk about Pete Rose all the time and why he should be in the Hall of Fame and why I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yesterday, two Detroit Lions were uh, suspended for gambling. Gentlemen, is it time to just let players gamble and and is anybody afraid of the ramifications has that passed us by does it matter i mean watching and listening now about how the rules are antiquated it's like so should gambling just be kind of a free-for-all and when i say free-for-all i know that that's part of my take on this right but should gambling be less constrained how about that
1: dave hoops you're going to get to go first but i'm going to answer a question with a question are we talking about players being able to bet on their own leagues games
2: well, that's what Rose did, and and the Lions didn't. They 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 bet on a different one. So I'm just talking gambling in general.
3: Okay, Dave Hoops, go ahead. Uh, that that's a really good question and a tough question. I'm not much of a gambler, although you know I love to do pools and playoff stuff that we talk about. But um, I don't really have a problem with sports gambling. Uh, clearly, they can't bet on their own teams. I guess I would like to see them not bet on their own leagues at all. Uh, I think, but I I wouldn't have a huge problem if. NHL players are betting on the NFL. um, No, I I think that would be just fine. And it does, if there's a revenue opportunity like the lottery somehow, I don't know, some way that it would help um, to bring money in, that'd be great.
1: I agree with a lot of that. I think if you're betting on other sports, that makes you a human. I mean, there are a lot of us, obviously, that don't play professional sports, that enjoy betting on sports. I don't see a problem with professional athletes, say, in the NFL, wanting to bet on an NBA playoff game. I get that. I do have a severe problem with an NFL player betting on an NFL game, especially one that he can play in and determine the outcome. If you're going to say that's okay, cool. Then you go back and you take an eraser to Pete Rose's pass and you put him in the Hall of Fame and end of story. But I have a real difficult time with somebody being able to determine the outcome and profit from it. If you're going to bet on your own games, you better only be able to bet for you and then work your tail off to win the game. Because the funniest tweet I saw yesterday, and it took me a while to accept it as funny, was when this gambling thing came out about the Lions, there was a picture of Ed Donatel and said, by the way, Ed Donatel profited on Daniel Jones plus 275 passing yards, (laughs) you know, Giants plus three, and all these things in the wild card round. And, you know, obviously that wasn't the case, but if it was, blood boils even worse. So blood boiling is a sports thing. Blood boiling is never the case at hoops. It's the happiest place for me to go very, very often. Pick a day of the week, Monday trivia, Tuesday cribbage, Wednesday ping pong, Thursday I think is is maybe the vinyl, I might be stretching it a bit, Saturday maker's market, did I nail everything, what's going on these days?
3: Yeah, you killed it. That's all correct. And today there's a big makers market and really exciting week next week. As you mentioned, Lieberg and Elizabeth are going to be there. Uh, I think it's 2.30 doors open, 3 o'clock live show on Friday. And then this is really cool. We're very proud of this. Every year since we've opened, we kick off Homegrown, the week-long music festival here in Duluth at 4 p.m., uh, we'll have a bunch of people there, and the mayor will come in and do the proclamation. And uh, we'll have Emily's extra IPA on tap for her, and it's going to be a really, really great week.
1: Excellent. Besides the mayoral choice, what are some of the best choices for beers going right now?
3: Oh, I'm going to make you happy right now. Um, we Well, we have the Pilsner coming out, which, of course, I'm a German lager fan, but uh, we've got strawberry Hefeweizen and a secondary version of rhubarb strawberry. Oh,
1: yeah, your rhubarb was very, very good. I'm going to enjoy that. You're going to keep me coming back to Hoops Brewing. You're going to keep ticking off the people that I'm on a diet with, but that's okay. Take one for the team once in a while. You're always part
3: of our team, Dave Hoops.
1: We appreciate you. Let's talk again next Saturday.
3: Thanks guys. Have a good rest of your day and the rest of the show. Appreciate
1: Absolutely. It. You as well. Always love when you join us. That's Dave. Hoops. Justin may is next. We keep rolling through our sponsored segments here on the Northland sports page. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: A little delirious as the musical tribute to Prince continues. Not only a great Prince song, but also one of my favorite Eddie Murphy stand up films as well. Yeah. If any you would like to check that out. Not suitable for work, not suitable for children, but suitable for lots of laughs.
2: That is kind of the original uh, stand-up comedian um, uh, album for me. You know, we, we listened to Richard Pryor and some things yeah. like that beforehand, but the first big one
1: was Delirious, right? Absolutely. Delirious or and was raw, raw are yeah. two of the best. Basically, watch one, watch the other. You're going to spend all day laughing but we're delirious every time we get to talk to Justin May. He gets us very excited about the Buy or Sell segment. We're excited about all our sponsors. We want to give them a little love before we get started here again.
2: Absolutely. Let's start with Aurora Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, the Incline Station, Famous Dave's, the Construct Tomorrow event next Wednesday, the 26th, from four to 6, 4.30 to 6.30 uh, at the deck. If you're interested in a career in trades, that is the place to go. Bring your friends, bring your family. Uh, and also the newest one, Krause Heating and Cooling, the Carrier of Carrier. Uh, the number so one brand, uh, the, the number one HVAC brand in the industry, uh, Kraus Heating and Cooling, family owned since 1982, and because Justin May is on next, he's the person that helped us get Kraus, so that's why we wanted to end with them, and of course, & Associates, where you can contact our next guest.
1: Absolutely, Justin May is a big part of our team, the ultimate team player. You mentioned helping get us Kraus Heating and Cooling, we appreciate that. And I also appreciated the fact that I got to see you last week. I mentioned it to Dave Hoops as well. It was good to see both of you, hear your voices every week. But chatting
4: in person is just different. How are you again this weekend, my friend? Very good, thank you. What a great event for the the two Enas. And the crowd was unbelievable. I couldn't believe how many people were down there. And I'm sure they raised quite a bit of money for their bike rides. So, again, I appreciate you guys inviting me and uh, letting me play in the tournament.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was good to just kind of do laps because I got there too late, obviously, to participate in the tournament, and I'm not much of a cribbage player. I'll just disclose that, but, but you said it, you know, walking around in the crowd, and you like to say this about the home show and different things, shaking hands and kissing babies. It was just kind of fun to be social with a lot of people that I think we've missed over time.
4: Absolutely. It's always good to be out and be seen and, you know, keep building those relationships. That's the name of the game. You're in that business as well, and that's what I've got to do all the time.
1: I would agree with that because you and I were talking this week and and the housing market has been a little bit hot and cold and maybe too much on the cold, just like the weather here in April. And I know that the weather can be a factor, but what's the other thing that maybe is keeping things slow right now? And other than relationship building, how do you help speed it up?
4: Well, you just got to kind of ride out the storm that's happening with the interest rates going on and the the change, you know, when I was in the car business, they used to say every three years you better plan on changing what style of car you're going to need because that's basically how your life cycle goes with every three years something new is going to come up and you're going to have to adapt to that. It's kind of the same with housing, but the problem, I'd say it's not three years, obviously it's more like five to ten, but right now the problem is is with the, the interest rates being so low for so long for if people are going to upgrade and go from a, a two hundred and fifty to a $350,000 house, their payments are going up substantially right now.
2: So, uh, Justin, I do have a, a friend of mine who's looking right now, and uh, she is really struggling with, uh, with buying, and, of course, for all the reasons that we've talked about. But if you were talking to somebody new who is in the market really for the first time, maybe they're younger, they've saved for a long time, and now it's time to pull the trigger – what kind of advice would you give a new home buyer right now in this weird
4: market? Be patient. You're going to have to look at 8, 10, 12 before you find the one that fits for you. And then you're going to compete with 8, 9, 10 people to get it. Because there's a lot of you out there looking for the same things. And when a house does come on, it's, it's a wildfire to get in to not only show it to your clients, But there's usually a deadline pretty quick throughout the process right now in the way that the housing market is working. Even though, you know, the interest rates are a little higher, there still just isn't any inventory. So if you've thought about selling at all, please give me a call because everything is still going for inflated values.
1: Well, you mentioned weathering the storm. Maybe literally homeowners are doing that, making sure that, you know, their property can overcome the latest in weather damage. Do you expect as we crawl out of this lengthy, lengthy, record-setting winter that things will get better rather quickly?
4: Absolutely. You know, and and like my favorite mechanical sponsor says, it's a great time of the year to look at these things. You can finally see your roof. You know, if you're going to have basement issues, you're going to have them right now with the hot and cold and the, the change in our climate. It's a great time to be buying a house.
1: Absolutely. So if you want to buy or sell with Justin May, we recommend you do that at Messina Associates. You can get in touch with them at 218-310-9559. I don't know if that's great or terrible that I've got your number memorized <laughs> that well, Mr. Justin May. But we play buy or sell every week, and a lot of people love it. I told you that in person last week. So let's play again this week. Here's how it goes. I'm going to give you a statement with each of the four big leagues, but I'm going to give you a caveat today. When you pick baseball, it is not about Major League Baseball. It's going to be a segue into our next segment, so that warning has been put out to you. But if you agree with what I'm saying, you say buy, and you tell me why. If you disagree, you say sell, and you tell me why. It will still be about baseball, but not the big league level, and then you've got NFL, NBA, and NHL to choose from. How would you like to play today?
4: Well, I'm a little concerned because now you're going to talk to me about two subjects I probably know nothing about, but let's start with my favorite, the NBA. All right, so the NBA,
1: and this might not be a great question for you because you've been kind of a tongue-in-cheek NBA fan. You like to call it your favorite when we know it's not. But the Timberwolves have just looked bad. Close at times, but never good when it counts in this series against Denver. And I think there's going to be an interesting offseason to be had whenever we get there. And I hate to even say this because I'm never going to be somebody that's going to cheer against one of my favorite teams. But buy or sell that even the rabid Timberwolves fans are ready for this season to be over
4: buy hundred percent. I think everybody's praying that there's one more loss and it's just done with.
2: I I'm going to sell that Brian mm-hmm. because of a key word you used in your question. And rabbit. Yeah. The rabbit fans, they think that the wolves got to run a four in them yet. And so yeah. let's, uh, well, I'd let's, like to
1: meet that person. Yeah,
2: let's uh, well, they're going to say this and the bench didn't play. Well, Torian Prince left 20 points on the floor. Um, I think that the rabid fans are like, nope, we we can still make a run here. I think the, uh, the casual fans are already tuned into the Wild and the Twins. Like, they don't, one more loss is just the next game.
1: I agree with a lot of that, but I'm going to buy that I think they're ready for it to be done because it's part of the beauty and also the agony of seven-game series. Let's say the Timberwolves do come back and somehow get through this. It would be historical. It would be awesome. But you haven't won anything. And then you've got to turn around and do it again against another team that you're going to be pretty large underdogs against. And I think there's a theory of even if they did something almost unprecedented, I think in fact it is, I don't think anybody in the NBA has come back from down three Oh, if they did this, are we just prolonging some misery and this offseason is full with so many questions I think we're just looking for answers.
2: I think you're probably right about that, Brian. I think that it's a matchup-driven league, and this is just a terrible— for some reason, this is a terrible matchup for the Wolves.
1: You hit it last week when you mentioned the volatility of it. It would be fun if it becomes close, or it could be four and out, certainly leaning towards option B. All right, Justin May. speaking of option B, what's yours for buy or sell today?
4: Uh, NFL. All
1: right, NFL, the draft is coming. We're going to analyze it with PA at about 25 minutes after 11 today. So buy or sell this. There's a lot of Viking quarterback talk post-Kirk Cousins whenever that era begins. There's been talk about trading for someone. There's been talked about drafting someone. So buy or sell that you would rather trade for Trey Lance than draft a quarterback in this year's draft.
4: Uh, I would sell that because I would rather take a quarterback in the draft than what Trey lance has done so far I just I'm not a big fan so I'm going to buy Brian I think
2: that Trey lance has many of the skills that that O'Connell wants and his his lack of production has been mainly injury issue been mainly an injury issue and if we can figure out a way to keep him healthy now we'll get a chance to see and in a team right now his low salary is gonna is gonna help uh, us build a team Right. Plus, he comes with draft picks because Kirk's a better quarterback.
4: So
1: I'm, I'm gonna buy it, but can I do it like off the clearance rack, or can I do it in floor closure or something like sure. that to use a real estate term? Because I'd buy this, but barely, because there's so many quarterbacks in this class being talked about. The Minnesota in me tells me we just picked the wrong one, but at the same time, Justin's right. Trey Lance has proven nothing. It's it's very possible that you get you know NFL's version of Byron Buxton. If he's available, he's got all this athleticism in the world, but how fragile is he, and is it worth it? Still, but I think
2: still younger Trey
1: Booker. sitting behind Kirk wouldn't be a bad idea. And then I know we talked to Dukes Knutson last week. He was my senior class advisor in addition to my gym teacher, physical education. But Sandy Jablonski, my econ teacher, was my other one. And the one thing I remember from her was the phrase, at what cost? What are we giving up to get Trey Lance? I got to know that before I go dive in.
2: Yeah, that's that's 100% true, Brian. I I would love to see him behind Kirk. Uh we're not gonna get one of the top four quarterbacks. Right. So at that point it we becomes Hooker or McKee. And ugh. Hooker scares the devil out of me. McKee does as well. Which sounds
1: like a really bad movie, but I I assure you it's how I feel about things. Justin May, what's next?
4: Let's finish here uh second to last with the NHL.
1: All right, NHL, this has been a fun series between the Wild and the Stars. 2-1 to one Wild, game four tomorrow. At a reasonable time, no less. The next two, you don't have to stay up till the crack of dawn unless it goes into multiple, multiple overtimes. But the fun part of this has been Ryan Suter for me. So buy or sell that Ryan Suter has suddenly become the A.J. Pruszynski of the NHL from Minnesota. You loved him when he was on your team, and now you just can't stand him anymore.
4: Uh, uh buy it 100% my wife calls it the Luke, Luke Stoffaker rule she she loved watching Luke play he was a great teammate in the locker room he was great on your team but a royal pain when you're playing against him and i think suter has got a little extra ump in his step this series we knew it was going to happen but i've been i kind of enjoy it as much as as everybody's getting irritated at him now i don't want him to hurt anybody but I just enjoy that the crowd has got something even more to rally behind.
1: I think it's interesting, and I'll let Dave Cook go first. But the Luke Stavaguer reference—I'll add this—he was a lot of fun in Grandma Sports Garden. But I digress. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I, I think that I think that Suter and Przinsky is not a great comparison because I don't think Suter is as, as aggressive against everybody. Like I think we Suter don't, is
1: more talented and less volatile.
2: Yeah, I think I think Suter we just don't like because er, you know everything we've heard since he left is that he may be one of the reasons that that last group didn't perform. Like he didn't like the kids, he didn't do all all those things that you'd like to think a veteran in that sport will do. Um, and then, of course, teeing off on Kirilov makes him the soup de jour, so shall Prysov we say. Too.
1: If, he's, if he's hurting Alex Kirilov, I have major See, problems. I'm good but- at that. Right, right. <laughs> we'll I mean, if he's keeping that. Kirilov out of the lineup even longer, then I have a bigger issue. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I've got Justin going. He's that, in other words, he tipped one back just then. Um, oh, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think Suter is just soup de jour because of what he did.
1: I agree with that. I think we needed a villain because Matt Dumba established himself, whether it was legal or not. The hit was deemed that it was, you know, Matt Dumba was public enemy number one for Dallas. We needed one too. Ryan Suter was the easy choice, but maybe we're finding out that his reputation definitely does precede him because Nashville had been booing him for years. And I thought, well, this is just a team that is ticked off. They don't have him anymore. And at first when Ryan Suter was leaving, I was a little ticked off. We weren't going to have him anymore. Maybe he's not the, you know, halo greatness guy that we think. Although I think he did some good things here too. So booing him every time he touches the puck, we need to do something else because Nashville already did it. But I'll buy that he's leaning a little Pruszynski-esque, if you will, but not the same type of player. So Justin, you want to close with baseball because you were afraid of it because you know it's not about the big leagues. Now I almost wanted to change it to buy or sell that Ryan Suter's keeping Alex Kirillov out of the Twins lineup now, but I'll have to digress and go a different direction. So I'm going to talk about baseball because it's one of the spring sports in high school. There are several. And the weather's been garbage, and that's being polite. I saw a tweet that spring sports in Minnesota should be moved to the fall season. That would include baseball, obviously. Buy or sell that they should do that?
4: Sell 100% because you take away another sport from a kid that's playing a fall sport already and one that's near and dear to my heart that needs numbers to begin with, and we don't have them up north like we should in football. But they can't play everything all the time even though some of the college kids do and they balance it out well. But in high school, can you imagine trying to do two seasons at one time or playing two sports at one time? It'd be almost impossible.
1: I agree with a lot of that, but I'm going to plead the fifth because spoiler alert, we kick off our number two with drawing lines on this very topic. So I'm not going to say much now, Dave could go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, Brian, but I think, I think that uh, Justin hit the nail on the head. I mean, right with the question that we asked, um, there's no there's no uh, quid pro quo, right? Who's leaving? Like, right. if you run baseball...
1: What are you into, moving? What are you replacing yep, it with?
2: If you run baseball in the fall, what are you doing with football?
1: Yeah, it's almost like all the transactions in sports. It sounds good, but at what cost? Yep. Man, my econ teacher would be proud. So Willie, Willie Pete would be proud, too. Absolutely. Justin May, we are proud to know you. Proud to be able to buy or sell with you each week. If homeowners or sellers or buyers want to do that, how do they?
4: You can call me anytime, 218-310-9559. I love that you bumped that up for me, Brian, and just know it by heart. Or you can log on to MZR.com
0: 24-7 anytime and give us a call if you find a great property you want to look at. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.